This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, Dr. Vic here again, and in this episode, once a week, we're hammering out an interview that we discussed with someone to help you level up in some way, shape, or form in life and any aspect that relates to the mind. This week, I had the honor to interview Daniel McQuaid, and this was a great interview. He really, we're going to come from a different perspective and talk all about seafood. That's right. We're going to be talking about the benefits of seafood, but before we do that, we dove into the things on seafood and the, the, the manipulation, the, 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 the way they kind of, um, I'm trying to find a good word with this one, to kind of trick us and they manipulate the system where they change up things and not being as fresh as it should be and not having the greatest quality possible. Dan, Daniel's doing something to where he is drastically changing things to be able to have full transparency, knowing when the fish was caught, when did it come off the sea, when was it packaged and, and, and put into fillets or whatever it may be, when was it shipped here and when did it get to your house so that you know every step of the way, how long and so forth and so much more. And it's really, he's been, um, he's described, Daniel's described as a thought leader, leader, visionary, innovator, and a misfit. He's traveled globally, lecturing and teaching innovation and entrepreneurship in emerging economies for the Columbia Business School. One of the great things that we talked a lot about was we got into a little bit of blockchain. And he's talking about how he utilized blockchain for this when I was talking about 
how he didn't know where it got shipped from and this and that. And he shares some other cool stories of how they're also incorporating sections of things where the uh, you can, if you get a fish, you can check a QR code and you can see exactly a chef giving a recommendation on how to cook it and other people who shared rec- recipes and so much more. And, and you can find all the information of his company and what he's doing in the show notes. But I think it's pioneer being a chiropractor and, and something that I'm very strong on is quality and transparency. And I do this with, I do have some supplements that I sell to my patients and uh, my patients always ask like, why do you choose those supplements? And I always tell them that one, I need no transparency. I want to know how they sourced it, where they getting from the processes they use to extract, to get to where it is at it at the moment that it is in that pill. Um, how many stages of processing that has gone on? What's the research that shows the effectiveness and the efficiency? What's the quality of sourcing you're getting it from and how that all happens? I want to know every step of the way. And if a company is not going to share that with me, they're not going to have my business because I, for myself, I look for companies and supplements to know how clear and transparent they are and they're doing things in the right way because then I know I'm getting the best quality product so I can take for myself and share to my family and friends and so much more. So Daniel's doing all this in the fish industry and I am seafood industry and I'm so excited to share this with you. So with no further ado, here is Daniel McQuaid. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed uh, speaking to you today. I think it's a great opportunity to tell our story. I'm excited. And since uh, you, you know, you're talking about your story, my listeners already know this is what I love to dive into right off the bat. So tell us a little about your story, how you got into what you're doing today. Well, it actually, the journey started about three years ago. Um, there was an outbreak of E. coli in the United States with romaine lettuce. I'm not sure if you recall that. A uh, number of people died. A number, thousands of people were ill. Romaine lettuce was moved off the, the shelves, completely out of the supply chain for months, right? And as someone that's been in the food industry my entire career, and also being a parent and a grandparent, it's like, how does this happen in the United States? How do we not know where the source came from and we could isolate it and take it out? Why did it take so long? Why is it three years later, we still don't know what farm that this came from? So as someone that just was so frustrated, um, I, I just said, what's being done about it? So I dove in, you know, and I said, okay, I found out that IBM was working with Walmart on a blockchain solution called Food Trust. And they were going to say, okay, can we use this tool, this technology that we can input this data, share it, and immediately within minutes or hours, isolate it exactly from the farm to the processor to the packet to the distributor to the store to the home, you know, versus never knowing or taking days, weeks, months in order to find that out. Once I understood what they were doing, and, and honestly, I'm not into blockchain at all. I'm not into cryptocurrency. So I said, I, I got to learn this. So I went out and I did webinars. I did TED Talks. And I was like, I got it. I said, I got it. And I spoke to some very smart people. And I said, this is a tool that if we share it, um, it could be really good in the seafood industry because we have an incredible amount of problems with seafood. Uh, 90% of it is imported into this country. It goes through multiple degrees of separation from the harvester who actually lands the product to your mouth. And that's why there's so much fraud. That's why there's so many additives put in to keep it fresh longer, right? And uh, as someone who's been in the seafood industry, you know, from a consumer end, from a processing end, from a harvester end, I said, okay, if I was able to take data, put it on the blockchain, permissible-based blockchain, 
and share this, would people trust seafood and then eat healthy seafood more often? So I called IBM, cold called them, and I said, hey, I have an idea. And I said, sure, Dan, um, you know, can you bring out and give us a, uh, a use case? So I did. Um, 10 minutes into the presentation, they said, can you start over again? And I said, why? You didn't get my, it says, this is one of the best uses of blockchain we've seen. You know, they're dealing with, you know, Unilever and Nestle's and the Walmarts of the world. But what I was able to do is say, isolate a scallop boat 200 miles offshore, uploading data in a satcom, being the first step in the blockchain. They come to shore, we take it, we become the second step. We ship it to you, the seafood distributor, you're the third, then you ship it to the restaurant, they're the fourth, and then it goes to the consumer. And what we're able to do using this permissional base, immutable blockchain, because everybody's got to put in their own data. So it's a glass box. We can look in, we can't change a thing, right? And we share it every step in the way. So nobody's lying. And if anybody changes it, we all see it. So we decided this would be really cool. So IBM flies up, meets with us and said, let's do this thing. Um, so we worked with a chain of uh, restaurants in Southern California. And we actually ended up doing is pulling API data, just the information from every step in the blockchain, put it into a process that you could take your phone, scan the barcode on the menu, see the entire journey, name of the boat, name of the location, name of the captain, the date, the size. And then we shared it. It landed here. It was processed and packed on this day, shipped on this day. Actually, we actually had the chefs produce a video that actually showed you before you ordered your meal, how it was going to be prepared. But we still had another problem is that how could we share the story? So we actually used, because these supermarkets and these restaurateurs are not really good in digital communication. So we figured out, could we get the customer actually eating it to be part of the story? So what we did is we actually said, here's your meal. Your scallops have a story, be part of the story, share it with your community, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, Pinterest. And it, ex it did extremely well. But then COVID hit. And we were like, now what? Everything shut down. And that's when we decided, you know what? I think it's time that let's bring this direct to the consumer, you know, online, that we will connect with the best harvesters in the world. No middlemen. They harvest within hours. They cut their product. They package it. They blast freeze it at minus 40 degrees Celsius, which locks in all those nutrients. You can't do this with your refrigerator at home. And they ship it to us. We ship it to you. And that's how the journey started. It started with the problem, looking for a solution, right? So periods of disruption, there's periods of opportunity. Always, right? So real quick, if you don't mind, we'll just dissect a little bit because somebody may hear okay. the word blockchain and, and, and crypto and they just think of Bitcoin. Um, exactly. And, and I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm a big fan of blockchain and cryptocurrencies like crazy. It's going to change the world. You're already showing parts of how it's going to work in that aspect and so much more. Do you mind just for the listeners just breaking down a little bit what blockchain is so they understand that a little better? Sure. And, you know, it was very interesting when I needed to teach myself about it because I'm that person, right? I said, so what is blockchain? All we hear is associated with cryptocurrency. Blockchain is just a tool, right? It's a platform. And on this platform, you have the ability to create a set of information and you put it on this ledger. Now, what do you want to do with it? Do you want to share it with me? You you can share it with me, like in crypto, but I, you can keep yourself a secret, 
right? And that's what cryptocurrency does. We really don't know where that value of that currency is coming from. But on our blockchain, it's called permissional base. So we share the data. To give you an example, I actually uh, teach part-time and I was overseas in Beijing and there was a, a, a PhD student that was working on blockchain for dead people. I said, what? what? What do you mean? Right? And he said, think about it, Dan. He said, uh, people's legacy, you know, my great grandfather was this and that, and, you know, and then your will, your money, your, all of that. He said, wouldn't it be cool if all of your medical records are locked into a platform that nobody can change? Um, your history, the story about you, the story about your mother, your father, right? Um, your, your will, your testament, all of that. And that gets locked and it gets shared with your hairs. But nobody can change anything, right? It's all locked in. And going forward, three, four generations that you decide that you're going to marry this beautiful person and you want to have children and you want to know genetically, was, was there any history that I'm not aware of, right? Versus just looking at genomes, you could actually have family history. And so now you have all of the documentation, not just say, I think your great grandfather had type one diabetes. No, there's actually a medical file that says it did. So I was like, this is pretty cool. And so once I understood the simplicity of blockchain as a tool to be able to share information that's immutable, that nobody can change the story and say, my great grandfather was on the Mayflower, right? Allegedly, Th this, this is what blockchain will be able to do. And it's, it's not to be confused with cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency just uses this tool, you know, in order to do transactions. So it's really, I think you're right. You're going to be seeing a lot more use of blockchain, especially in the medical field, you know, where your records, like you go to the doctor and, you know, I, where are my records? You know, I just had a checkup five years ago or I had something wrong with my eyes. Where is that data? Why is it, I paid for it. Why is it sitting in some doctor's office? I, I can't even remember. I want that. I want to put it on my own ledger. So that's the whole idea is just, it's, this, it's a lockbox of data and information. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And it's also, if I remember correctly, it's also where, you know, the more people are, like, let's say you're sharing and it's on other areas. Because I know like some people will say like, well, if we can get more people on blockchain and using it, then all of a sudden, like for hacking purposes, it's extremely hard to do because the more people are, it's on different servers, you got to hack every single server that yes. is there just to yes. be able to change. Because even like just changing any piece of information, it has to be agreed upon all before it happens. Exactly. You know, and then if anybody, may, if you're connected on that chain and somebody makes a change in there, the, 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 the chain afterwards breaks down. It, it no longer will function because, oh, somebody made a change over here. So that was the thing in the seafood. And it's like, what if I shipped you, you know, some fresh scallops, for example? And I said, they were harvested, you know, on October 1st. And I shipped them to you and you received them on October 3rd. And you're trying to ship them to somebody on October 5th. And all of a sudden you got, they stayed the weekend. You didn't sell them. I'm going to change the date. Well, you can't do that anymore, right? You can't freeze them, farm out and say, oh, yeah, they're fresh. And we're going to say, no, they're not. You know? So those, those, for those issues, you know, with a lot of the fraud and mislabeling and seafood, uh, we said people don't trust seafood. That's why they don't buy it. And they fear, they fear it. They go to a supermarket and they go, I don't know. Was it thought out? How fresh is it? I cook it. It stinks up my house. That's because it's old. 
You know, so we decided, can we do this? And the other aspect of it um, is is health aspects but it, it, that, um, you know, we should be eating more seafood more often and, you know, convincing people, you know, especially going through COVID. Uh, we started this company during COVID because of COVID gave us an opportunity because people were like, I can buy food online. But then what we saw seven, eight months into it, that people were buying more of our seafood more often. In fact, on an average day, over half of our orders are repeat orders. And I'm like, what are these people doing? You know, and they're just enjoying eating seafood more often. But the, the demographic that's really buying this is this 40 to 65 year old. And I think what we've seen, and I just came back from DC from a science symposium yesterday, that COVID was an awakening for all of us that when we looked at 90% of the people that passed away due to COVID, it was the underlying conditions, type two diabetes, cardiovascular disease, et cetera, et cetera. And can we change our, our relationship with food and understand that food can be a medicine? You know, that seafood, you know, with brain health was, you know, the, you know, the naturally occurring zinc and, and selenium and, and, and omega-3s. And I think people just realized their mortality a little bit more and said, you know what? It's time to straighten myself out. I need to get, I need to feel good, both, you know, mindfully and physically at the same time. So even for someone like myself, that's, that's my mission as well. I love that. So what are some of the things that the fishing industry does to, if you don't mind sharing, that is, uh, kind of plays the game to where it isn't as fresh, right? Cause some people will go, you go into a fish market and you, you walk in and it just smells like fish and it's just like that, that smell. And I'm always like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I've had fresh fish right off an ocean, right out of the ocean picked. And it's like, does not have that scent That's at smell. all. So no. uh, do you mind kind of sharing some of the, the, the little bits of that so people can be aware? Sure. Um, since 90% of the seafood is imported into this country uh, that we consume, you have to, that means it is, it is harvested or, you know, uh, whether marine harvested or aquaculture, you know, uh, in Norway and in, in Asia and in India and in Mexico and Peru around the world. All right. So from the time that boat went out, maybe spent a day or two or three and then packs it in ice and comes in, then it's offloaded, you know, then it's cut or processed and put fresh, you know, into a packed in ice and shipped on the air. So even a salmon that's coming out of the North Atlantic from Norway, by the time you get it, it's 10 to 12 days old. And that's under ideal conditions. Right? And, you know, refrigeration and ice is, is, is seafood's best friend to keep maintain that temperature, you know, 34, 38 degrees. But once you get above 38 degrees, that breakdown of that seafood is significant and it's also dangerous. You know, so... Through the supply chain is everybody following these rules. Now, the second problem is not just the logistics, is that there are people that are saying, okay, I'm harvesting, you know, red snapper is a very expensive fish, you know, and what they will do is once the fish is caught and it is cut and it's filleted and skinned, how do you tell that that was red snapper? So there's been a lot of mislabeling that basically one in four of your seafood meals isn't what it says it is. And these problems continue to happen. Next thing is um, adding weight. So for example, you know, what will happen is that seafood is, is a very good protein and some of the seafood costs a lot of money. So if I increase the moisture weight, 
right? Instead of being a you know a one pound you know piece of fillet, it's actually a one and a quarter. But it was moisture; it was water was added. So they'll add ingredients like sodium tripolyphosphate, which will keep product fresher, but also increase its weight. But when you go to cook it, whoosh, it all comes down. So, and that's because there's there's no control point. There, it goes from the harvester, goes to a processor, goes to an exporter, goes to an importer, to a distributor, then to a retail, and then to your home, somebody in the middle. And there's been many, many retailers and supermarket chains that unknowingly, you know, they've been they've been caught in this scenario. And with technology today, we can do DNA testing. It's it's a twenty-five dollar test now to do the to do that. And you know, but do you really know where your seafood comes from? So that's our mission: is that before you buy it, like you know the harvester, you know everything about it, you know exactly, you can see it and map it. And before you buy it, we actually let people see that. Um, there was a recall with shrimp about four weeks, five weeks ago, out of Thailand. And one of our customers, is my shrimp in my freezer okay? I said, scan the code. You know, you can see exactly where it came from. And they were like, we love this. You know, that's, that's, it's the confidence factor. Um, but, you know, it's, um, unfortunately, this has been going on for, for decades. And unlike beef, pork, or poultry, you know, because beef is what's for dinner, you know, pork, the other white meat. In the United States, we have marketing arms that promote a lot of the proteins that are grown here. Because we have such a dysfunctional supply chain with seafood, there's no central marketing arm here in the United States. So everybody's telling their own story. And unfortunately, when you, you look at the empathy situation with the customer, they're confused. They don't trust. They don't know. There's a different story being told. So our mission, number one, is like, okay, I know you love seafood. You want to eat it more often. Let us educate you. Let us demand this, whether you buy it from us or not demand these changes, demand the transparency in this food chain, right? And we want you to eat healthy seafood more often for these health reasons. And hopefully you buy it from us. So that, that's been our mission. I love it. So you bring up, and I know very well in depth about seafood and the health benefits and all that good stuff, but you're the expert here. So I want to share with you or ask you, what are some of those health benefits when it comes? And I know each seafood has their own benefits and you can, we can tie into that if you like, uh, but why should we be consuming more seafood? Number one is the healthy omega-3s, you know, the DHA, you know, and the EPA. Um, especially, you know, there was a study that was released yesterday that, you know, early term pregnancies, um, you know, preterm pregnancies, that they actually looked at, could that be reduced if moms expecting to be pregnant or pregnant was to incorporate, you know, uh, eight ounces to 12 ounces of seafood a week in their diet, what would be the impact on, on those pregnancies? And um, it was significant, you know, that it reduced those early term, pre, pre, preterm um, situations. Uh, also, brain health, you know, they, they actually measured and said, okay, the children in, in, in areas of the world that are in strict seafood protein diets, you know, what is the health benefits of their brain development? It's significant, right? Um, also, you know, I decided myself, you know, about two, three months ago to dive in and say, okay, I'm gonna change my healthy lifestyle. I need to meditate more often. I need to, I need to feel good, Vic, you know, that even someone that's in this business, I wasn't feeling right. You know, just mentally, physically, I just felt heavy, 
even though when I went to the doctor, my weight was below what I thought it was, I still had this heaviness. And I said, I want to change this. And I had them do a panel and I, I've been on a strict seafood diet. And I have to tell you, I've lost a little bit more weight. My tone, I feel better. Um, I'm in about two weeks going to go back in and have them do the panel again, just to see what my numbers are. Um, so it, it's about the protein that you're eating that, you know, you look at seafood and if you take tuna, for example, you know, incredibly high amount of protein and, you know, low in fat, but the fats that are there are healthy fats. It's kind of like olive oil, right? Oh my gosh. You look at the fat content, it's a healthy oil. It's actually good for you. You know, so once you translate that, um, and if you're particular and say, I want high protein and a low fat, okay, scallops, okay, monkfish, right? Or say, you know what, I'm not getting a healthy enough of my omega-3s and my proteins into me. Okay, sablefish, okay, salmon. Our salmon has the highest amount of omega-3s of any salmon we've tested in the world. And the reason is, what does it eat? And this salmon is from the Arctic Circle off of Norway. It is fed a microalgae oil, plant-based, right? So what we're, we look at with our suppliers is that, okay, not is just the, about the fish, but tell us the story about the fish. You're going to love this salmon because of this, you know? And that's, that's where we're trying to say, enjoy it. You know, quality and variety is number one. Absolutely. I want a healthy lifestyle, but it's got to taste good. You know, it's kind of reminds me, remember when gluten products came out, but, you know, 10, 12 years ago, oh my gosh, you know, and, but now we've made it, you know, that it's consumable and enjoyable, but zinc, selenium, um, omega-3s, vitamin D, you know, that we're, a lot of us are deficient in, you know, so those are the benefits. And what I want to really point out to it's naturally occurring. These are not added in as supplements. It's naturally occurring. So when you take zinc and you put it in, into a processed foods, it disappears, basically. You know, so if we could minimize the amount of processed food by seeking protein sources that have these naturally occurring benefits, should we be eating them more often? And then another big part of it is seafood actually has one of the lowest carbon footprints of any protein consumed. That's true. Now, I love it. Now, do you guys do sockeye salmon at all? Um, we do right now. We have a coho uh, salmon right now um, because we, we're very strict about what we bring in. All of our product has to be only one time frozen. So when it's harvested, it's got to be brought to shore. It's got to be cut into the portions and frozen then. Next time it gets thawed out, you thaw it out. And the, we didn't have wild salmon for a while because we had to wait for the season to start. There was a lot of it that was caught whole and they keep it on the boats and they freeze it. They take the head off, they gut it and they freeze it. Eventually they thaw it out and then they cut it into fillets, into portions, and then they freeze it again. And that's not us, you know? So we do have a coho right now because that would, that season opened up, you know, in August and we bring that in, you know? So we look at the seasonality uh, and the quality of it. And we want to make sure that um, it meets our standards. Um, the method of catch. So for example, we do not have Chilean sea bass. Even though it's one of my favorite fish, we cannot find a harvester that's catching it fresh, bringing it to port, that's catching it in a sustainable method. 
So they do it, it is available, but they do it with this troll line catching, which is indiscriminate to other species. We won't, we won't bring it in. Sustainability for us is a, is a mission. And it's not just about that fish. It has to do with the environment, the neighbors that fish swims with, right? How about the community that's involved in harvesting that? You know, what about climate change? What about the pollution? You know, so when we look at the different species we have, it has to check all of those boxes, not just say, oh, these scallops are sustainable, really. You know, what about the environment it is in? Is that sustainable? What about its neighbors down there? Is that sustainable? You know, so method of catch, conditions, all of that plays into our item selection. I have a lot of respect for that because it's one of the things I was going to ask about sustainability because you hear that a lot with fishing nowadays is like, okay, are they doing sustainable fishing and so forth? Are they not? And then how does that, because if you don't do that, then we're thrown off the whole entire ecosystem uh, of the ocean. Absolutely. You know, I grew up on Cape Cod and when I was, you know, 16, 17 years old, I had 150 lobster pots. Uh, October 15th, every year, I would skip school for a few days and do scallop. That was when the bay scallop season opened. And I'd go out there with my boat and catch them and shuck them and put them in cool whip containers and sell them to the neighbors for three bucks and stuff. Um, there's none left. There's no lobsters in Buzzards Bay anymore. And the reason is not because they got overfished. The reason is the temperature of Buzzards Bay is very warm now. And when it gets above 65 degrees, the lobsters will have disease in their shells. So they left, right? They seek cold water. Um, same thing with the bay scallops. You know, there's none left. Off of Long Island, this is the season right now that starts the Peconic Bays. There's none there. Why? The scientists are trying to figure out, is it toxins that have caused this? You know, is it the runoffs, you know, from, that's entering the estuaries? Because they, they live in that eelgrass area. And that's a problem. Cold water shrimp that we used to get off the coast of Maine, you got to go up to Greenland on Iceland now because they, they're seeking the temperature of the water. You know, so we've, we, we all own this. Climate change, global warming, it's a real deal. You know? But we also have to be, we have to realize that we have communities in Asia that malnutrition for them is a real thing. And seafood is their only protein. You know, and they're, they've got to eat. And if you're going to tell them, don't harvest that because it's, you know, it's not going to be sustainable. They, you, they have to eat. So we, we have to have responsible aquaculture to support the wild species because 90% of the wild species in this world are fully or overfished. So we've got to work together on this project. You know, so we have ocean raised products like Cobia out of Panama. We have Campachi being raised off the Baja of Mexico. You know, we have divacot scallops off of Peru. That these are all managed fisheries, and you know they're all natural. They're well managed. So this is this is like thank you for the opportunity to speak to you and, and your community today. It's that's what we do at No Seafood. Do you know seafood? You know whether you buy it from us. Ask these questions and demand these changes. I love it. And it's like, so, you know, even for me, when I work with companies, like for, I'm, you know, I have supplement companies that I'll work with and it's patients will always, I have my products out there and I'm like, listen, I've done my due diligence with them. And one of the things I have a lot of respect for them is because with the company is because they will, it's kind of like what you do. Hey, you're scanning the code. Look at what's there. Look at what we've done. Same thing with these companies. It's like full transparency. And I think that's a movement that we need to get into. And I know you're leading the way with that in the seafood industry. And, I, and and that's why I'm a big fan of blockchain too, because they're doing this in so many realms, but in the food too, kind of like 
when was it caught? When was it here? This is when it's here. And then they do this with nutrition too. Like there's companies I work with, they'll be like, here is where we got it from, where we farmed at, where our lot was. Here's when the day it was here. Here's when we tested it. Then here's where we put it together. And then here's when we shipped it out. And it's like, beautiful. I know every step of the way. I know how it was processed, the lab testing that was done and all these different things. So I know that I'm whatever that I'm recommending is the most purest thing possible that we can possibly recommend. Uh, and so forth. Um, so real quick, I have a question. I think you already answered it, but I want to ask it anyhow, as I asked earlier, what is your favorite fish? Scallops. I, <laughs> I, I, eat, I eat them raw. I, I, I just love, I grew up with them. Um, scallops for me is, is a really big one. Um, you know, I, I just like, I, those base scallops when I was a kid, I used to shuck them, but I would eat one, shuck one, eat one, shuck one. Um, I absolutely love them. And then, you know, I also like, you know, fortunately for me, I've traveled the world and I've been able to eat species you've never heard of, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like the black cod, the sable fish that we get out of uh, out of Alaska. Um, I remember eating that in the mid '80s when I was up in Anchorage, and when we, our supplier said, "You want our halibut? You got to take our, you know, our sable fish." I jumped up, like, "You've got sable fish." And my partner, Paul's going, what are you talking about? I said, I'm telling you, Paul, this is amazing. It's buttery. It's like crazy good fish. And he wasn't wild about it. I was wild about it. I said, we're bringing it in. And I threw it in. I said to customers one week, and I said, anybody orders this weekend, you're getting sable fish. And I threw it in there. And then that community tried it, which they've never bought it at a supermarket because they've never sell it there, right? And so what we're doing is we're playing with different global species underutilized like monkfish. Have you had monkfish? I, I've heard of monkfish, but I've never had it. Oh my gosh, it's the ugliest looking fish you're ever going to see in your life. <laughs> yes. and, and, it's, and it's a bottom feeder, right? And it's in the Northeast, uh, in the North Atlantic. And it literally eats the same thing that lobsters do. And the only edible parts of the, the monkfish is the meat around the tail, the liver goes to um, Japan and some of the cheek meat, but the tail, you take that out and it's low in fat. It is just high in protein and it, they call it poor man's lobster, right? And that was a throwaway fish. That was a byproduct catch. And then finally, somebody said, you know, let's look at this. And back in the seven, late, early seventies, you know, it became a thing. Um, so you know what? That's the other thing is that can we get you off the, you know, the salmon and off the cod and off this and just try some of these other things. So we, that's what we love to do is, you know, have people play with it. And then, you know, you find these specific nutrition aspects of species as well. Um, you know, I'm very curious on, on your, your supplement and your nutrition base, because the way I hear you speaking, you explain it in a way that a customer understands it, right? What are the benefits? Um, when we look at packaging on seafood and we look at the USDA, the FDA, and we look at that panel, that panel hasn't changed in 25 years. We're working with a company that we're actually going to be taking seafood, sending to them to their own lab. They're going to digitize that whole process. But more than anything, they're actually going to say, okay, if this salmon or this farm raised was fed this, let's check the feed. And what was the, what was in that feed? How was that feed produced? And what was the effect on species as well? So we're going to do a deeper dive into it. So, it, you know, it's very interesting to, to, to be able at this stage, learn more about the food that we eat. I love that. Yeah, I know it's, 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 you know, the thing I love about fish, fish and so forth is, you know, again, what we do to that ecosystem, right? The healthier, cause like the bigger fish, you know, they got, they're eating the littler fish. And so 
the little fish, if they're not healthy, then the big fish aren't healthy and making sure the whole system's good. So they're all leading up to that chain of all that. But uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, scallops. My wife would love, my wife's up that alley. She loves scallops. For me, yeah. I look at them. I love the taste of them. I love them. I love what you, you pan stir fry them uh, with a little bit yep. of butter and put a little bit of herbs in there. Uh, I love it. Problem is, Very simple. I like to eat. And so like I can eat a gazillion of them. I'm like, I don't get full off them. <laughs> That's my yeah. only problem yeah. with scallops I have. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, you know, so make sure you put in some like some nice protein uh, supplements, you know, with it, some asparagus. I, I, I just put a lot of vegetables. My wife is a type one diabetic. So we tend to eat uh, very nutritious, very fresh uh, products and, um, you know, healthy, lower in carbs, obviously. And, um, and let me tell you, I can't put enough vegetables on her plate with her scallops. So <laughs> and she's a little thing and she'll, she'll just consume everything you put in front of her there. So it's, it's, you know, I will have to get you some scallops. I don't want you to be without scallops. <laughs> Appreciate that. Well, real quick, Daniel, how can people find out what you're, you know, all that you're doing, order, all that good stuff? Well, simple website. You can go to noseafood.com, K-N-O-W, seafood.com. Um, obviously, on, you know, look at Facebook. We have a, we have a cool, really, thousands of people on a, on a Facebook group page called Catch of the Day. Uh, so we're there on social and Instagram as well. And anybody that orders the first time, you know, we, we give them a $20 off. Uh, offer. You can build your own box. We have curated boxes. Uh, it's free shipping over, you know, we 99 is a minimum and free shipping as well. Um, you know, it was, it was interesting when we started is like, could we get people to say, hmm, I'm going to buy seafood online, frozen and bring it home. Um, but you know, when we talk about frozen, it, you know, fresh is better frozen. If you're freezing this within hours of being landing at last freezing this, when you thaw this, there's not going to be any smell when you cook this. What's, we have a 100% happiness guarantee. If there's one thing I don't lose sleep over and put my head on the pillow, it's the quality of our products, you know, and just, you know, understanding the benefits of seafood, tr be being able to trust it and, and eat it more often. Just eat it twice a week. Introduce it to your kids. I mean, I'm stunned at the levels, like 94, 95% of children are woefully under the recommended allowance. It's the lowest level since the 1980s. And that's because the parents are not introducing it. Play with your food with your kids, get them to try it. You know, um, you know, we, we want to build an emotional experience relationship uh, with our, with our customers, our nobodies, as we call them. Um, and they're quite a community. Love it. Yeah, I know. And again, it's just for the parents out there, you know, your kids are only going to eat what you expose them to and what you're doing more than what, exactly. more of what you're doing than what uh, you're, you know, you're sharing to. So uh, appreciate the work you're doing. I, I love when I, you know, get to meet somebody who's really cre creating a shift and change in things and things and taking the whole step to a whole new level and being transparent on it. So kudos to you and all you guys are doing. And uh, I'll definitely be checking you guys out and getting some good stuff there. So um, thanks for being on and thanks for taking oh, the time to share. My pleasure. Thank, thank you for having me and giving the opportunity to talk seafood with, with you and with your community. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.